Father, we thank you. God, we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough for what you did on the cross. God, we love you. We give you the honor. We give you the glory and the praise for that. God, I pray that what we bring is pleasing to you, God. God, I pray that it would bless you. God, you deserve it. You deserve all the glory and all the honor. God, thank you for Jesus, and we thank you, Father, for the cross. God, we love you, and we praise you. It's in your name. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38 is our scripture for today. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the creator, the one that knows everything, that knows it's everywhere. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm thankful the Lord is my shepherd. And since the Lord is my shepherd, man, I have all my needs met. I just don't want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And one of the benefits of the Lord being my shepherd, you see, it's personal. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal relationship. He leads me to green grass, and, and I am secure and safe and at rest, and I can lay down in that green grass. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He leads me to some green grass so that I can rest. He also leads me beside quiet waters. And those still waters are waters that are clean, that are clear, not nasty old dirty water. The Lord, that's my shepherd, doesn't lead me to nasty water. And if I'm led to nasty water for refreshment, it's obviously the Lord hadn't led me there. My shepherd has not, does not take me to nasty water. He takes me to quiet waters, quiet waters that are cool and refreshing and clean. My shepherd always knows where the green grass is, and he always knows where the good drinking water is. Man, it's wonderful. My shepherd takes me down roads of righteousness. When I begin to pray in the morning, I ask the Lord and open his word. The Lord always leads me to righteousness. He always leads me what I need to think about. I woke up Wednesday morning pretty upset, pretty mad, honestly, because, man, any hint of deceit just burns in my spirit. I can't handle any impropriety like that. I can't handle hypocrisy. And, and, and from my personal view, I saw that. And I went, there's no way in the world this election is above board. And that's my personal opinion. As time goes on, maybe or maybe not, we'll, we'll know for sure. But I had to stop the last two or three days and pause and go, wait a minute now. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He provides for me. He meets my needs. And he's, he's bigger than government. He's bigger than even what perhaps might be a deception and hypocrisy and breaking the law and at the sake of what people would believe is their manifest destiny. That they would just say, it doesn't matter what we do, we're going to do it. But the Lord leads me to pass righteousness and bitterness and anger and resentment is never the place that my shepherd takes me. It's where I might take me. It's where my flesh might take me. It's where my adversary might take me to oppress me, to bother me, to stab me a little bit. But my shepherd never takes me there. 
He only takes me to things of righteousness and pathways of goodness. And, and through all the midst of all this, I believe that my shepherd is speaking to me and saying, Lee, glorify me. Lee, be above board. Lee, consider me and what I can do in the midst of all this. That's what my shepherd does. And there's going to come a day that for me, I will face death. I'm going to face it one day. And the truth of the matter is, each and every day that goes by, I get, quick, I get closer to facing that death. And even though I face perhaps death one day, even though I face evil, even though I might one day walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because the Lord is my shepherd, the evil and the death is but a shadow. And shadows can't knock me out. Now, I had a good time this week when I do my little jog or walking around. I check out my shadow and I was reminded that shadow right there can't do anything. If that dog comes across that road over there and starts to bite me, that shadow ain't going to whip that dog. Right? That shadow can't do nothing to that dog. That shadow is not going to kill those ants. Squirrel ran by me. That shadow can't whip that squirrel. A shadow. A shadow doesn't whip anyone. A shadow doesn't defeat anyone. And, and my shepherd says that death is like a shadow. And my shepherd says to me that although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can fear no evil because he is with me. And so my shepherd has signed up for the long haul. When, when my shepherd said, Lee, come and be part of my fold, my shepherd said, here's my promise to you. I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be with you because I am, the, I am your shepherd. And so he's going to be with me even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. He's going to be there for me. And even though I may be facing enemies one day, even though I may face all kinds of hardship, all kinds of trial, he is going to anoint my head with oil. We, I am going to experience the victory of his spirit in my life. And although I may go through trial and tribulation, he is going to present a feast before my enemies. And he's going to show them that he cares for me regardless of how adversarial my enemies are. And my cup is going to overflow. My cup overflows. My cup is always going to be able to overflow because the Lord is my shepherd. That's how good I've got it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even though times press hard, even though times are difficult, even though the end of my life may be painful, may be hard to deal with, death may be difficult for me to experience, I have the assurance to know that I will be in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And all that is possible because the Lord is my shepherd. That's important to know. It's important to know that the Lord is your shepherd. And so you can rejoice. You can be secure. The Lord is your shepherd. Verse 35 says, Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages of that area, 
teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Jesus' plan to reach people was teaching, preaching, and healing. And that's what he did. It was power evangelism. He did the miracles so they would believe the truth. He taught the truth in the synagogues. He went to the towns. He went to the villages. He went to the cities. He went to the rural areas. He went to the bankers. He went to the farmers. He even went to the religious people and taught in their synagogues. He would stand up and read Isaiah 53. He would read Isaiah chapter 7. He would read the prophets. He would teach the prophets. He would read Micah 5 too when it talks about that Jesus, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. And he would say, here I am. And of course, they would have great angst with all that. And he traveled throughout all the towns and the villages. He taught them. He proclaimed to them, he preached to them the good news, the good news about the kingdom, and so that they would believe in the preaching about the good news and the teaching, then he healed every kind of disease and illness. That's what our Lord did. He taught, he proclaimed, he healed. It is a powerful, powerful ministry that he had. And then verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, you've seen a lot of crowds on TV lately. If there was a Saturday in the last several weeks, if you drove by the courthouse over here in Weatherford, you saw a crowd. There's a crowd there. Jesus saw crowds. People came from all over to hear him. People came from all over to see the miracles. Jesus, uh, people came from all over because they had a curiosity about him. Is he the one or do we look for another? You remember they asked him, are you the one or do we look for another? They asked John the Baptist, is he the one or do we look for another? And so the crowds flocked out to see Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, on that gentle slope, all over the place. We know that 15, 20,000 people gathered at a time because he fed them. He took care of them. He met their needs. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Now, this word compassion is a strong word. And it's a word that the English language doesn't really do justice to it. But here it is. When he saw them, he was punched in the gut. When he saw them, someone picked up a 16-pound sledgehammer and just swung it as hard as they could and popped him right in the gut. Now, if you got hit with a 16-pound sledgehammer right in your gut, unless you're some mighty bodybuilder or something, and even them, I think you're going to keel over. You're going to go, oh my goodness. Have you ever thought about what it'd be like? Sometimes I have this dream as I wake up. And, and, and wake up from my dream, and I'm in the ring with Mike Tyson. I mean, I don't know why it's still Mike Tyson, and I can see, I can see that tattoo on his head, and he's going, come on, Brewer, come on, Brewer, and boom, oh, one hit to the guts, all I need, and I'm down for the count. I just, I guess I'm scared of Mike Tyson. I don't want to go see Mike Tyson. Because back in his day, he was scary. I felt sorry for whoever went in the ring with him. He would hit so hard. And if, if Mike Tyson hits you in the gut, 
you would have tremendous pain. And when Jesus saw the crowds, it means that his bowels, his intestines, his stomach portion was just like ringed out. Now, I don't know how painful it would be, but I reckon it's pretty painful if a doctor goes in you and you're still awake and takes your intestines and starts squeezing them out. That probably doesn't feel very good. That's the level of pain Jesus felt for the crowds. He hurt for them. He hurt for them. And it says why he hurt for them. Because they were harassed and helpless. Because they were confused and helpless. And listen to this. Like sheep without a shepherd. Man. Today, I've told you how grateful I am that the Lord is my shepherd. I've told you what the benefits are that the Lord is my shepherd. Man, I've got, I've got eternal life. I've got victory. I've got his presence. I've got his promise that he's going to be with me regardless of how painful life gets for me. But if I was without a shepherd, I'd have none of that. I'd have nothing to hope in. I'd have nothing to hold me. There wouldn't be anyone leading me in the right way. I'd always make poor decisions. I'd always make the wrong choices. I'd always drink the dirty water. I'd never be able to lie down in green grass because I would always be churning inside, just, just not directed. It's a horrible thing to be a sheep without a shepherd. Did you know that sheep can't protect themselves? Sheep don't have anyone that they're a predator of. You have never heard that a sheep showed up and killed 35 dogs. You had never heard that. You never heard that a sheep gets in the chicken house and kills them. That doesn't happen. I mean, everything can whoop a sheep. A sheep can't whoop anybody. Isn't that interesting that that's the animal that Jesus chose to describe his people? That, that that's the animal that he used to describe when he would come into the world as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Sheep can't protect themselves. That's why they group together. That's why a sheep, if they have any other way, unless they're really lost their way, they will just group together. They were flocked together. They were herd together. Sheep are crowd followers. Did you know that about sheep? They're crowd followers. In Turkey, 1,500 sheep walked off a cliff while their shepherds were having dinner one night. Walked off a cliff. The first 400 of sheep that walked off the cliff, they all died. And the following 1,100 sheep that followed them off the cliff, they did not die. They survived because they were cushioned by the blow of the 400 that paid the price for them. Just walked off a cliff. Now, why did they walk off the cliff? The first one did. The second one did. The third one did. So they all did. You know that saying, you know, if someone told you to jump off a bridge, you'd do it. Well, you would because you're like sheep. 
We're followers by nature. Very few people just go out of the cell. We're all followers to a certain extent. It's kind of like it's in us. We have a great need for a shepherd to lead us. Sheep will stare at a gate, and you can open that gate, and you can open that gate, and in that field there is lush green grass, and there's great drinking water, and they will stay in that old, dusty, dry, foodless pen until... One of the sheep are spooked and one of them walks out the gate. And then if one walks out the gate, they all walk out the gate. That's why you put donkeys with sheep. Because you can get that donkey. Come on, that donkey's got enough sense to walk out of that gate. And if that donkey walks out of that gate, all the sheep follow him. You can have all these sheep in a pen. You can open the gate for them. And, and the only way you can get them cotton-picking critters to go out is you've got to walk behind them unless you've got a dog. But now, if you had a candy bar and the wind blew that candy bar in the vicinity of the sheep, they are likely to get spooked and they'll run out and almost kill themselves getting out of that pen. They're crowd followers. Crowd followers. Sheep are scared. Many, many phobias among sheep. They're scared of grass. They're scared of water. They're scared of wind. They're scared of birds. They're scared of each other. They're scared of posts. They're scared of, wind, of, of fence. They're just scared. They're just scared. They're scared they're hurt when they're really not hurt. I've told you before many times, it's been a spiritual experience for me, that the many times that I have walked over and and... We saw that sheep over there in that fence. Well, he must be stuck. You go over there. He ain't stuck. He just thinks he's stuck. And he's laying there screaming and griping and complaining. And all you got to do is grab that stupid sucker and pull him out. And he's ready to go. He thought he was stuck. He wasn't stuck. Somehow or another, he just gets over there and maybe one tug, some of his wool gets caught in the barbed wire or something, and he's convinced he's stuck. The reason why he gets stuck is he's scared. People, the reason why we get stuck is because we're scared. And we get scared and we get stuck. We get in a rut. And that fear keeps us in that rut. Sheep are that way. Sheep are scared. Sheep are quick to settle. Did you know that? They're quick to settle. There can be great drinking water in a field and sheep will walk up on a mud puddle and they will all congregate around that mud puddle drinking the horrible, nasty, filthy water even though they've experienced the better water just in, in, in a few yards away. But because they walked up to that nasty water first, they will settle. Sheep are settlers. Sheep are settlers. Sheep are complainers. Man. You know, the movie Silence of the Lambs, and in that one scene with that cruel, creepy guy, talks about the sound the, the, the lambs make at the slaughter. Let me tell you something. It really is. A horrible, horrible sound for a thousand mamas to be complaining at the same time. It's a that bah, 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 all that together. 
It's just, it's, it's ooh. It's something. And you gather all those mamas and their babies in the middle pen, and they're all in there, and you walk through there, and you pick up the babies one by one, two by two, if you can grab them, and you put them over the fence, and you separate the babies from the mamas. The babies and the mamas go nuts. They go nuts. Now, the truth of the matter is, it's for their benefit. But you can't sit down and reason with them in that situation. I would like to be able to sit down and say, now, mama, let me tell you something. If we keep that lamb on you, she's, that lamb is going to dry you up and you're going to lose your calcium and you're not going to be well and you're going to die. We can't keep this lamb on you. It's enough time. We got to wean you. But they, they won't hear nothing of it. We're helping you. No reason. No objectivity among those mamas at that moment. And no objectivity for those lambs. Now listen, little lamb. Just go along with what we're doing here and go on about your business. Have your little family one day. Take care of yourself. You're going to grow and develop. Start drinking, gra eating grass and drinking the good water. And you're really going to grow and you're going to get nutrients. And you're going to be so much better off. They won't listen to reason. We're like sheep. How many times do we lose our objectivity about something? How many times do we not see what we need to see? And we complain. And all along, it may very well be that God is working in our life in a way that's much better for us, but because we're so used to this and we're so used to that, and our security is found in circumstances. We're like sheep. Something else about sheep. Did you know that sheep can't shear themselves? I know that's a, that just blows your mind. Sheep can't shear themselves. Look at this fella. He's going to come up in a minute. That's a sheep that got lost. That's a sheep that went his own way. That's a sheep that decided at the fork of the road that they weren't going to do any longer what the shepherd said. That's, a, that's what happens when your way is better than the shepherd's way. Now, he's been outside the fold for probably over a year, and that's what happens. Now, there comes a point to where the wool really does slow down and quits growing. But here are some of the consequences of this guy. First of all, if they're not sheared and hot weather comes along, they die from heat stroke. I mean, the dude's got on five or six Alaskan parkas. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty hot inside that thing. And you'd be amazed of how thick that wool is right there. But he'll die of heat stroke if he doesn't get sheared. But he can't shear himself. Not only will be, he become heat stroke prone, but he, you, can, you can't see his eyes, can you? They call that wool blindness. Look at that poor sucker. 
He's running into mesquite trees and the thorns that's going all over him. He can't see. Isn't it interesting that if people do not have a shepherd, they can't get sheared, they go blind? They can't see? They can't see good choices? They can't see good decisions? I mean, he can't see where the water is. He can't see where to go. He'll fall over a cliff. He's in a bad way. He's walking through life blind. And all he can see is just is like me with a mask on and my, my fogged up glasses. I can't see anything. There he is. He's blinded by the wool. Wool blindness. This, this sheep right here now, that front portion is pretty nasty, ain't it? That's from his drooling at night and stuff like that. That's from bumping up against stuff. And that's, that is all kinds of stuff getting caked in. Now, I didn't want to show you the other side of this guy because it's church on Sunday morning and I didn't want you to see that. But listen, it's horrible. I mean, feces stuck in that wool. I mean, it doesn't have a way to get out. Urine stuck in the wool. I mean, it's nasty and it collects and it collects. And in that wool, there'll be maggots. Oh, yeah. Maggots. When they sheared him, all little critters, all little insects just ran away on that deal. You ever seen a maggot? The little, have you ever seen those? Yeah, boy. Can you imagine having maggots all over your hind end? That's sheep without a shepherd. I mean, that's pretty graphic, right? But that's the way it is when you, there are sheep without a shepherd. Diseases and irritations. Can you imagine he has an itch he just can't scratch? He can't get to it. I mean, he'd go over there and get some bark and try to get her a good scratch. He can't, they can't scratch his skin. And the crazy thing about these guys are this. That sheep that are in that situation that have not been sheared in over a year, they often fall and they get stuck on their back and they can't get up. And they become easy, easy prey. That's sheep without a shepherd. Easy, easy, easy prey. And something else about these sheep, not just the ones that are unsheared, but sheep, as a whole, they're not designed to carry heavy loads. You never see it in the John Wayne movie. You never say, grab a cup of the sheep and put the money on their back. Put the gold, you don't do that. Put the, you don't put anything on a sheep's back. They're not made to carry a heavy load, neither are we. We are not made to carry heavy loads. Some can carry more than others, but none of us truly can carry a heavy load. And our shepherd keeps that load light for us. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. The load is full, for I'll give you a light load. My way is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Religion weighs us down. Morality weighs us down. But when we have the shepherd, we're set free from our sin. And then in verses 37 and 38, he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, the workers are few. 
He says, the harvest is great. There's a lot of sheep around us that don't have a shepherd, but we can harvest their wool. There's a good cotton crop out there, and it's white under harvest. It's fruitful. It's just a wonderful cotton crop. There's a lot of peaches on those trees. There's a lot of figs out there, and we can easily have a great harvest. But there's more harvest than workers. So what do we do about that? He says, so pray to the one who is in charge of the harvest. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. We pray to him. We pray to the Lord of harvest and we pray and we ask him to send more workers into the fields. Because people without a shepherd is a horrible thing. And we need to have workers that feel that pain, that see the great need and are willing to work and bring in that harvest. That's what Jesus says. Now, questions for us today. How do you see people? When you see the crowds, how do you see people? If you're not careful, you will see what they're doing. If you're not careful, you will see what they're not doing. If you're not careful, you will see them as lawbreakers. If you're not careful, all that you would do is you will see their hate. You will see their wrongness. You will see that they don't understand. You will see that they're blinded. You will see that they're stuck on their back and they can't get over. You will see that they stink, right? Like the sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. That's what happens. We see that. We saw the picture of it. I've explained that to you. How do you see people? How do you see the crowd? How do you feel about people without a shepherd? How do you feel about them? Do you feel deeply inside? Do you have compassion for people without a shepherd? Do you hurt like Jesus hurts? Do you grieve like Jesus grieves? Do you groan deep inside like Jesus groans? When you witness people without a shepherd? And now... Do you pray for workers for the harvest or do you not recognize the great need for workers for the harvest because you're not out there in the hot sun in the field bringing the harvest. You're up on the side of the field under a shade tree sipping some lemonade. Now the people that are going to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send workers are those people that are out there in that field Slaving, working, sweating, toiling, doing the work. They're the ones that recognize the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Those who are under the shade tree, not concerned, not caring, not compassionate, not, not, not understanding the need to pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers because they don't see the need. They are not burdened. They're concerned with themselves under the shade tree, drinking, sipping some lemonade. Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news about the kingdom, 
and healing people of every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. In that context, in that situation, from that heart of compassion, he said to his disciples, you got to understand, guys, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Father, guide us, lead us. Help us, Lord, to have compassion for people without a shepherd. Help us to recognize the benefits that we have for having you as our shepherd, you as our guide, you as our helper, you as our protector. Father, you shear us, you clean us, you take care of us, you know where the good grass is, you know where the good drinking water is. You protect us, Lord, from enemies, you protect us from predators. Lord, you keep the wolves and the bears and the coyotes away. And, and Lord, you're always there standing between us and danger. And Lord, we have the wonderful promise of your presence always. And even though, Lord, we might go through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, we can fear none of the death because you're with us. And Lord, we have the wonderful, wonderful promise that we will dwell in your house forever and ever lord may we have the eyes you have may we feel like you feel may our heart break for those who are like sheep without a shepherd in our family in our neighborhood in our place of work in our school in our community in our state in our nation lord ultimately in our world may we care as you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen.